0: What you are about to hear is the ultimate blend of technology and entertainment. This is Conf Tea with your SE. Playing some air guitar. I love it. Hello and welcome to Conf Tea with your SE. I am your host, Brian Young. This is episode 60. i uh, It's hard to believe it's been 60 episodes and uh, here we are. Um, we actually have a very special guest. Steve, I'm not going to butcher your last name. <laughs> Even though you told me how to pronounce it, because uh, then you told me your nickname, and I forgot that, and I'm like, okay, it's it's Steve Stars. I'm going to go with, with with Starman here. Steve, can you uh, introduce yourself and uh, and pronounce your last name for us, please?
1: Sure. Of course. Uh, Steve Starrowski, and uh, I work for Fortinet. You can call me Starsky. Starsky. That's it, Starsky.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Steve if I had and I a get a chance. Time, oh, so, sorry, go ahead. If
1: I, had a, I said, if I had a buck for every time somebody asked me, where's Hutch? <laughs> i'd have a lot of bucks you
0: know? <laughs> where is <Hunter? laughs> on, i have to get a dollar here somewhere um yeah, yeah. <laughs> steve steve and i got a chance to meet um a couple weeks ago at the ct nug event uh we were both panelists for that which was really cool it was the first time i had attended and uh, also been invited to be a panelist and uh We got to set up on stage and pretend to be experts and uh it was a lot of fun
1: (laughs) and we did so much so much such a good job pretending here we are yeah here we are here we are let's do it one more time i mean 60 episodes (laughs) i
0: I must be doing something right here um but yeah no it was it was fun i mean i think the um the moderator did a good job of of really taking those questions and Just basically throwing them away and bringing in some (laughs) new ones that really threw us all off guard a little bit, but they were at least questions that we had answers to, because I remember that that initial list, and I was just like, wait, what? I don't...
1: Do you what? do you want to talk about? I think it was RDMA, which sounded like a very cool technology. Yeah. But just something that's totally off my radar and my customers' radar. So exactly, <laughs> like we're 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 not, I'm not
0: talking to my customers about white box solutions. I, I'm I'm just not. I mean, I think yeah. I think there's definitely a use case for them, but I'm not I'm I'm not talking to my customers about that. And most most customers aren't going to be putting that in a production environment. At least not any, you know, not any serious ones. So no no. but agreed. it was still an interesting conversation but steve and i headed off and um we got a chance to to talk and um i had you heard about the podcast before we had met or no i don't i don't recall
1: the only time i heard about it, i just went through everybody's bio who was going to be on the panel and just tried to see you know what do they do and i saw the J podcast i thought that was kind of cool yeah so.
0: yeah i mean it was cool he came came right up and was like hey i uh wanted to say hi i'm on the panel with you and i was like dude come on over sit down have a beer let's <laughs> let's, let's let's chat and uh our, our table ended up being a uh, pretty hopping place by the end of the night just people coming by yeah. and, and, and chatting so i wanted to uh steve and i obviously have been getting got a chance to get to know each other since then as well uh with him being at fortinet and me now being at driven uh, and of course, learning about the Fortinet uh, portfolio, um, and it's it's been it's been you know it's been a fun ride, um, and we just wanted to take the opportunity to have have Steve come on the show talk about what is going on at Fortinet. So, Steve, why don't you just give us kind of a, a, a quick rundown on on what Fortinet is doing? I mean, I've, I think pretty much everyone knows about the FortiGates, Gates, but what I was a little yeah. surprised to know was that there's quite a broad portfolio that Fortinet has to offer
1: yeah you you said it very well Fortinet has a lot of different um, items in this portfolio we joke that there's 40 40 plus um, but everything from the firewall the FortiGate which we're, we're known for to hardware switches access points uh, cameras you can have a 40 phone, whether it's a hard phone or a soft phone, and then we have a slew of SaaS offerings, um, DevSecOps-type offerings, Endpoint, EDR, um, Malware Sandbox, Network detection and Response Tools, so it's really, it could be your one-stop shop if you wanted to. We know, I, I focus on Enterprise customers, we know we're not the only game in town, mm-hmm. and we know we're not going to be the only vendor in your environment, but if you you really wanted to make my day, I, you know. <laughs> Fortinet could be the the only vendor in your IT environment. So I, I like I like that
0: mindset, right? I, I think that's I think that's great. If you really want to make my day, you know, we we absolutely yeah. Do it. You know,
1: <laughs> my mortgage company would be very very happy. <laughs> but but on on the flip side, like Fortinet knows they're not going to be the only game in town, right. and we play well with others. Everything has an open API that you can you know go hit right now and, and read all about. How the products interoperate with each other. We interoperate with our competitors. Um, some of our our NAC solutions were built first for Palo Alto. Some of the NAC integrations, so we've definitely reached across the aisle, so to speak, to to show integrations with both, you know, non competing products and vendors that we would typically compete with. Yeah,
0: I think I think it's important because I know you know in my time at Cisco there was a lot of you know. Cisco was always known for just having their own thing, right? They they had their own mm-hmm. sandbox, they did their own thing. They, it was a closed environment, didn't didn't play well with others. But definitely, in the time that I was there, they were trying to shake that off. And in those seven years, I think have made great strides in you know doing that. And I I, I would be I I wonder how much of that is you know from companies such as Fortinet doing that really kind of off the bat in terms of just hey we understand that. We're we're not going to just be the only the only vendor here. We need to work mm-hmm. well together, and and we need to kind of figure out how to make this work because just forcing forcing a customer into a single ecosystem, it it doesn't doesn't work like that anymore. It used to. I think you definitely could make the argument that that was kind of what you did. Um, but in the in the seven years I was at Cisco and the hundreds of customers that I talked to, I I saw both. Sides, right? I, I saw customers that were just, hey, I'm just going to grab whoever's in the Gartner Magic Quadrant, the topmost upper right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't care who it is. I'm just going to grab them. And if they don't play together, they don't play together. Uh, it's some customers that were looking for those integration points. And a lot of, and definitely some customers that were just like, hey, I, I want to go into an ecosystem and, and, and stay there and be comfortable there. So you really, you really got options. And the fact that you've got Fortinet here playing well with others, um, I think that's, that's definitely, um, notable and, and worth, worth considering. So that on, on the security side, um, cause you obviously have tons of products, even just outside of the security space. Um, mm-hmm. but what are you kind of seeing, especially with, with your customer base that, um, is really kind of making up the, uh, the prevailing cybersecurity threats that, that you're seeing.
1: I'll break it into two. I think one Topic that I constantly get asked about is operational technology, the OT environments. This used to be called the the IoT. We're going to let everything come into your network, and um, originally it was mostly cameras. And I remember working with um, a customer who needed Xbox 360s on their their network for for a reason, like in the break room, and they needed those to be secure. But um, now it's more these industrial control type processes whether it's a manufacturing environment or in a healthcare setting where it's an MRI machine or a dialysis machine that is on your network and needs to be either accessed securely by the vendor and to do a firmware upgrade or it needs to talk to a like in a healthcare setting it needs to take its radiology info and put it to a PAX server so doctors and radiologists can actually look at the data um, those are those are Probably the biggest scenarios I see, um, how can we secure our operational technology environment? An environment that was never really meant to be wide open on the Internet. Right. And um, surprise, it, it was easier to put it on the Internet And <laughs> from a management standpoint. <laughs> so It's got
0: Wi-Fi.
1: It's good. Yeah, we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, no. so now how, how do we secure it? <laughs>
0: yeah, and I, I think... I think all of those we've and we've we've covered IoT and OT um, both in the manufacturing and industrial space. I don't think we've actually ever done anything in the medical space. That'd be a good good topic to, to to dive into at some point. But you know, I think the the challenges, especially in the in the OT or IoT area, are the fact that when you're looking at the IoT space where it's just, hey, here's a camera, here's a thermostat, here's, you know, a smart device that's I've got all these cool things I can do with it. Right. Those products, depending on the vendor, who knows what software stacks are loaded in there. Exactly. Who knows what kind of um you know penetration testing they're doing or, you know, how, how much <laughs> they're they're looking at their own software and, and what's in their stacks to make sure that things are secure and up to date. On the OT, especially in the manufacturing side, you know, organizations that – and I, I had the privilege of, of working for one for a number of years that did manufacturing here in Connecticut and really understanding and seeing the problems firsthand is that when you have uh, a machine, right, whatever whatever it is um, within, within the manufacturing floor, that asset gets sweat and runs a lot longer than most life cycles for anything IT-related. So it's very – possible that you'll have a machine that's connected to the network that's 15, 20 years old, or at least you'll try to do that, right? Who knows what what standards Absolutely. And again, the same problem. (laughs) Who's responsible for updating that? And if it can't be updated, it's absolutely mission critical that I keep that asset on the network. So how do I secure Mm -hmm. it? How do I make sure that this device that Maybe wide open, and it's it's going to accept unauthenticated uh, SCADA traffic traffic from anything, right? How do I how do I protect that asset because I absolutely needed to have it online, and that was something I ran into in in that in that role many times. I mean, we had an old Dell Optiplex GX one running Windows <laughs> two thousand, and it had to be uh, plugged into the network. It had a custom-built ISA card to interface with a big thing on wheels that would that had all these connections for sensors for an engine, and that's what that's what they used it for. It was it was their it was their mobile test bed. And I say mobile because the thing had wheels on it. That's about it. it had wheels, yeah. That's cool. But <laughs> it had to run. It had to be there. And they're like, listen, we're gonna keep this going until this thing completely just dies because we can't get a replacement card. We can't put in a replacement PC because who makes ISA slots anymore? So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting, uh, an interesting problem with the IOT and OT space. So any, anything specific that you're, that you're seeing besides, you know, or or is that pretty much in line with what you're seeing?
1: That very much in line. I, I, have two idioms. I'll say we're either going to rock it till the wheels fall off, which is very apt for your, uh, <laughs> your mobile cart on wheels. Or I think it was a uh, biggie who said, we'll let the tape rock till the tape pops. And so <laughs> that's uh, I definitely see windows, windows XP more probably than anything. I've seen a couple 98s that for, you know, God bless them. They're keeping that hardware alive. And even in a, a rugged, scenario and rugged environment um but the companies a lot of times don't exist anymore that sold the the gear in the first place and it would be extremely expensive to get a current gen compatible or or closely compatible they'd have to re-architect their their manufacturing process around something new so that's involves downtime and and a lot of these manufacturing places they measure downtime in in dollars where you know if my pc goes away you know, Fortnet's not losing a ton of money. I don't get to work for a little while. I could probably play on my phone, but you know, you're not building widgets on your phone at these manufacturing companies. So yeah, they,
0: they don't like downtime and and I understand. (laughs) No, they, they, they certainly don't. And, uh, and especially when they're, they're looking at things like preventative maintenance, which, uh, you know, and that's always the problem too, is that on the you know, with with the OT, and this this is going to divulge into an OT conversation. And I'm perfectly fine with that's that. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the The issue that we've always run into with with OT is is that those those realms are very very different, and OT and IT don't mm-hmm. necessarily interact as much as they should. And I think things like you know preventative maintenance schedules, you know, that's that's what the OT is looking for, right? But they're going mm-hmm. to do preventative maintenance on something that's at like th- uh, 3 a.m. on a Sunday, right? Third third shift and generally IT <laughs> speaking doesn't have people on third shift. <laughs> it's, no. it's something that waits until, you know, morning. <laughs> when normal people get in. But I think I think that's that's definitely um, you know, a a a source of I don't know if contention's the right word, but it's it's definitely a a problem. It's it's a rubbing point because mm-hmm. you you're going to have those areas where IT and OT just aren't looking at the same thing in the same in the same manner, and you're you're going to run into these issues. That same manufacturing facility that I worked for, they at the time they were running they were still running Lotus Notes, not for email, thank God, but um, <laughs> because they had built a ton of of uh, databases in there, custom databases, like yeah. I think three or yeah. four hundred of them that were wow. vital to the business. Oh my goodness! And the problem we had was where do we put all these like there was no single solution that would just ingest it all and it's like dude what why isn't there (laughs) that's the thing that didn't make any sense to me i'm like what why why is there why was this so easy to build here and if i bring it anywhere else i'm looking at you know at least a dozen solutions um as it was just getting the help desk off of that was was a was a feat in itself uh, and trying to get people to you know hey let's let's use uh let's use this over here come come over here now, but you know supporting that legacy application, not to mention um you know our e r p system before that before mm-hmm. we get upgraded, it required a very specific version of java that at the time, and this was probably crap this is like ten to twelve years ago that mm-hmm. version of java was um 18 months out of date, and it it required it required that version. If we updated it, and we had we had to go so far as to using SCCM to to modify the registries to to not allow for auto update to function because it would try to up auto update. It would do it in the background. Next time the user went to go in, some would break. I can't access. I can't (laughs) access this, and we're just like crap. Now we got to go in and roll it back. So. <laughs> but 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 this is the thing, right? Supporting those Infrastructure legacy yeah, yeah, supporting those legacy <laughs> applications as well as legacy hardware that creates huge security vu- uh, vulnerabilities and gaps. And this was as I said 10 to 12 years ago where you know, ransomware I think at the time was just kind of like, hey, this thing I heard about, you know, on the news, yeah. it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't really I mean, it was mainstream it wasn't front enough. page every day right yeah.
1: it was it, now, now it's ten times a week somebody's getting ransomware exactly so. I
0: mean I think pretty much everyone that's that listens to this podcast has at least once firsthand seen a ransom message pop up yeah you know and and it's so much more sophisticated now um all all the different uh threat vectors and everything else it's it's a lot more sophisticated and those um those malicious actors they are definitely going after those ot types of environments we we noticed that oh god what what was it um i want to say it was the beginning of this year back in january february where You're talking
1: about colonial pipeline
0: well colonial colonial OT. pipeline is is Was one. that last year Yep, that was la- that was last year i was thinking <laughs> was of the um there was a ton of hospitals especially in the northeast that were oh yeah hit, hit getting hit hard even
1: right here in connecticut yep. there was a one of them got hit. So. Yeah, there was a
0: there was a recent one. I, I remember was talking to my uh, my old colleague at Cisco, and he was he was telling me about it, and it was, it was just he was just laughing. I was like, "Yeah, I was born at that hospital." <laughs>
1: so yeah, back in the paper chart days. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. And it's funny too because if you look at my birth certificate, it has the wrong birth date on it, and they kind of just scratched it off and, and wrote above it and like. <laughs> How does this pass? Like I, I, I've I've gotten some weird looks when I've used that to kind of get like a passport or something. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, it was done in the '80s. What do you want me to say? I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was there, but I really didn't. I couldn't do anything about
1: it. I could not. Could not influence the situation. <laughs> it, yeah. it doesn't help
0: that my mother and I share. Like we're, we're one day apart on the birthdays, and that's what I think screwed them up. Is they were oh, writing okay. her birthday okay. instead of mine. And oh no, wait, that's the wrong date. So it's always something. I swear, Murphy's law follows me around everywhere. But um, yeah. So that's that's the landscape today. <laughs> so so where where do you see Fortinet really playing uh, playing a role in in those kind of scenarios that that we talked about? And I know we we, we covered a few there. But in the maybe let's let's yeah. stick with the IoT and, and OT space, right? Where, where do you see Fortinet sure. playing? I think
1: for devices that you can, not such as those old legacy versions of Windows, our Forty EDR product supports going back to XP Service Pack three, where that that's a differentiator for us. Um, you get the same results, uh, same telemetry data. It operates at the kernel level, and and thankfully, I know the kernel has changed since Service Pack three, but there's most of the the function calls are at least named the same. So that's a uh, so you're an you're still way.
0: actively supporting and developing for that platform
1: supporting yeah you can today you can buy 40 er and it'll run on windows xp wow. service Pack um and later so a lot of versions that microsoft doesn't support so it could be like a windows 7 that's still kicking around right, or, right. Uh, i had a customer with windows 2003 that was too big to fail for certain <laughs> applications and they they EDR. So, because some other vendors might not support it because Microsoft doesn't support right. it. It's a fine model, but it's, you know, it worked at the time when Microsoft did support it. So, there's still, you know, you can still buy it that way. Nice.
0: That, and that, I think, I think that's a very good point to mention. And I, I remember you mentioning it to me when we were kind of, you know, prepping for this and talking about stuff, but I had yeah. forgotten about it until you mentioned it again. That, that's big because as we just, went through the last 10 minutes talking about there's going to be those legacy applications or those legacy app, uh, assets that you're just, you're just running XP on or you're running Windows 2003. Mm-hmm. Right? And and it's just mission critical. There was this um, God, there's a story I, I read years ago about this guy walks into this data center and there's a laptop in the middle of the floor on a chair open <laughs> with its task manager you know, running, and the CPU is just pegged at 100%. And there was a post-it note that says, do not move, touch, or even look at this computer. And apparently the backstory was that they had no idea what this computer was doing, but when they unplugged it or turned it off, the entire network went down. So I'm just Come like, on. Yeah, right? I'm like, what is this running, like, the router? <laughs> is this, is yeah. this a... What is this thing doing that it is just... Pegged at a hundred percent, and the entire network relies on it. Now that's just that's just horrible, horrible infrastructure management. But still, like you know, there's there's always going to be that one asset that you need to keep running. That's just so do not touch. Yeah, and and (laughs) it
1: has somebody's phone number taped to it. (laughs) You know, I've definitely I've definitely been in data centers where I've seen. Oh yeah. You know, call whoever call brian and here's his phone number here's his email like (laughs) yep
0: yep i was i was at um i i set up the uh the computer system at my at my church and for the live stream software they had uh this this like troubleshooting checklist and i was like oh that's interesting and i'm looking over it and like underneath everything where it says didn't work it was like call brian gave my number or my i'm like dude why am i on this list I didn't even realize, and I always wondered, I'm like, oh, these people didn't know my number, they gave me a call. Yeah, that's why, it was that It was that's- that list. So yes, I've been on those lists, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, having having that kind of peace of mind, knowing that if I do have an asset that's, that's not supported by the manufacturer anymore, uh, such as XP 2003, and I think I just read that 2012 is going end of support this week right i think it's this week so um which just makes me feel really old but that's beside i was gonna say yeah (laughs) (laughs) 10 years old (laughs) jeez yeah lord so that's that's going end of support but just knowing that hey here's a solution that will continue to run on on those out-of-date assets that are not going to get any more updates from from microsoft unless it's absolutely critical um you know, see see the uh, the SMB vulnerabilities along with. The- I was going
1: to say WannaCry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the last time I remember seeing some XP patches come out. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's, it's been a while.
1: <laughs> and that that's good. You know, forty EDR is good for those white box, or you know, where you can install on the client. Right. But how many devices are you know black box, like your like your laptop scenario? We can't touch it, yeah. but we still have to you know secure it, Um it. I would say are you know everybody's seen an Ethernet switch, two devices on the same VLAN can talk to each other, and they have they're basically fully routed. Um, Fortinet has 40 link between its firewall and its switch. This is a a really I mean we we don't even talk about it a lot because it's such a blocking and tackling feature to us, but to to some customers this is like a, a very big. Differentiator where, all right, two devices on the same VLAN, we can push that traffic up to the firewall and, and create a, you know, a firewall policy between that, so devices on the same VLAN don't necessarily have to talk to each other unless we create a policy for it. Yeah. So, yeah, we were we were talking about renumber that. that network. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we were we were talking about that before because I mean, it, it it's part of the defense in depth strategy, right? Because you can't right. you can't just rely on your EDR. You can't just rely on your firewall. Like there, there has to be a multi-layered approach. And mm-hmm. um, you know, this is something that we talked about uh, recently uh, with with Nile in terms of their their uh, infrastructure and how they're doing it. And uh, you know, Steve came to me. He's like, "Hey, like we're doing, we can we can do that too. Like we we have that capability with with Fortalink. And I'm like, "That's really cool because that's not something that I was really aware that anyone else is doing." Um, and it makes sense, right. Where we can take that traffic and basically, even though it's going, um, you know, from one port to the other, right. Send it up to the firewall so that the firewall can, can enact its policy. Um, you know, in the same conversation I had with them, there's obviously, you know, initial concerns of, uh, latency and bandwidth. Am I I overloading the box? And of course, we haven't talked about this yet, but with with Fortigate, we are looking at you know ridiculous throughputs in terms of you know the capabilities of being able to process that data. So it's kind of a win win. Um, and I've, you believe we? I asked you this before, but in order to do that kind of setup, we are looking at basically a full stack of of uh, uh, Fortinet gear, right? In terms of I need to have the Fortinet switches uh, below the firewall, correct?
1: Yeah, for the, the FortiLink setup is you know FortiGates the and then your access layer would be FortiSwitches. Yep.
0: Cool. Cool. So, I mean, I think this is a great segue to talk about the uh, the FortiGates the um, and uh, kind of the differentiators there. So, I'll kind of let you just uh, uh, go go away on that. Tell tell us more.
1: So, you and I have been doing. <clears throat> excuse me. You and I have been doing networking for a while. We started when there was probably a 5-tuple firewall, and maybe even before that, you know, just, just two IPs talking to I each think, other. I think my Linksys router um... is
0: <laughs> somewhere up there on the, <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. shelf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, my NAT device was good enough to be a firewall. Yes, but yes. Um... <laughs> Nat, NAT was a security feature. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, firewall, the 40 the firewall comes in, I guess, a, a variety of hardware sizes we can talk about, but... Um, I think in terms of feature sets, what what I've seen in my career is you kind of had disparate boxes for functions and they've kind of slowly, as hardware's gotten, you know, better and cheaper and and we could talk about Fortinet's ASICs to, you know, really specialize in in specific security protocols like IPSec or TLS decryption and run on the IPS engine, um, all of these different, you know, IPsec VPN used to be on its own box. Your firewall, your um, web proxy, secure web gateway, to use the, the Gartner term, they were all disparate physical pieces of hardware. And now we've, you know, merged it all into one. It's like the, the old exhibit, um, you know, I heard you like a <laughs> firewall, so I put a firewall in your firewall. <laughs> <laughs> one
0: um, of the best memes out there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it, it it's great. From a, all right now, we only have one vendor to choke, and we have a lot of different technologies available to us in a single spot. But it also is a you know Swiss Army knife. How many customers do you know are using every single blade on that Swiss Army knife? Right. So we have a lot of them that use a, a fair number, but I I personally haven't seen a customer use every single one, and that and that's fine. You can you can license. Our, our base license gives you, I think, like 80%, and if you wanted to do like every single thing with uh, OT inspection and and SCADA IPS protocols and and signatures, then that's probably that's like the highest tier. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's 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 funny. You were you were describing that kind of how you know it was just it was separate boxes and then it collapsed back into one. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny how the industry in general has done that, right? You look has, yeah, you, you look to back, back to mainframes. Yeah, everything you, you, was you start off single. with mainframes. Everything everything's mm-hmm. just a dumb terminal. Then they get fully loaded PCs and everything's specialized. And you know you have all these pancake uh, or pizza pizza box you know pizza servers bar, yep. and in <laughs> your rack and. Now everything's contracting again. You've got VDI, you've got hyperconverged infrastructure, and mm-hmm. you know you're not you're not even using a SAN anymore. You're just you're just <laughs> just using the desks on the on on the, on the server itself. You don't have compute server versus storage server. You just throw it all in there. Throw, throw it all. Who cares? Um, you know things are getting more efficient and things are getting higher density. Uh, and then you got to wonder when at some point is it going to e- expand again? Like I don't understand. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> It, it's it's it just blows my mind. It's it's funny how we start off contracted, we expand, we come back to being contracted. What will happen next?
1: Um, What's the the Moore's law for for IT <laughs> contraction and expansion? You know, <laughs> I, we're I gonna hit we're hitting that cycle.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 gotta happen. I mean I mean I just don't know what happens after that, right? You know you mm-hmm. the, and it made sense why we started with with uh, mainframes and terminals, right? Because Compute yeah. was expensive. It was super expensive. It got cheaper, so we were able to give you know massive amounts of compute when you compare against the times of mainframes, right? Massive amounts of compute to every individual person. They had a tower at their desk that could do stuff that the com- you know computer ten years ago couldn't even think of. Um, and then you contract again because the it gets faster, but it also gets less expensive. The price, you know, continues to lower down, right? It, I think it's a steady, mm-hmm. steady rate down there. Um, but you do it for operational efficiencies and you just, you contract it down, you get VDI, you get, um, you know, flash storage and, and ridiculous IOPS and you can do all those things. Um, you know, some would, I think some would say um, the expansion is the cloud, right? And that's, that's kind of the expansion true. outward. True. Um And I think, I think there's some validity to that. We've definitely seen how all a lot of applications i mean look at what we're doing today. we're recording a podcast and we're just using our browser <laughs> you know it's 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 crazy so and it's using all those cloud services so maybe maybe that's our expansion maybe that's the expansion back multiple multiple clouds and and everything else so
1: it makes sense you know we have everything we've talked about the littlest manufacturing processes, but even those are sending telemetry up to the cloud, so yeah. That's your that's your expansion.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I had a very interesting conversation and I'm I'm hoping to get them on the podcast, so I'm not going to to call out names, but um if we if any of our listeners remember back to the Meraki conversation where we talked about Meraki vision, there's a number of of vendors out there that are doing a lot of AI training mm-hmm. on visual models and doing things like being able to notice, um, you know, the number, not only just the number of people in a room, but how many people are wearing masks or okay. what is their demeanor. That's cool. <laughs> like, and this was really cool. Like, i it, it can look at someone and be like, this person is acting aggressive. So, yeah, <laughs> it was just mind-blowing. But all of that stuff, on top of, you know, the fact that there is the AI and the training model, that's a feat in itself. But all the data that I'm able to then recover from that and infer from that and the actions I can take and the automations I can take from that. It really does require ridiculous amounts of, of processing that, you know, that's why we leverage the cloud because We've just got a lot of CPUs out there. Apparently, <laughs> I, I'm, somebody
1: had to buy all those graphics cards. Yeah, you know, they had to go somewhere.
0: <laughs> I mean, I haven't tried to build a gaming PC in a very long time, but from what I've heard, it is difficult to get a graphics card without selling an arm and a leg. So,
1: I've been on a uh, like a five-year cycle. I'll buy everything but the graphics card, and then five years later, I'll buy what, like whatever the best graphics card is like, I could buy at that time. Because basically, it's like the the, the same price is the graphics card and then everything else.
0: <laughs> Listen, I was happy with my 8800 GT back in the day. I mean, I had the... Yeah, had, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I had two of those SLI'd together. I was good. I mean, I, I could run Crisis. and I think I mean, that was the benchmark, you know. That was yeah. I think it still is. People still well, can you run Crisis on it, right? Raspberry Pi comes out with a ras- number five and it's like, yeah, but can it run Crysis? Well, does it run Crysis? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate benchmark. So I ask you your FortiGates, can they run Crisis?
1: <laughs> i haven't tried i wonder if crisis has a asic optimization <laughs> does the cry engine support uh 40 asics oh man
0: i was i was showing my son you know talk about feeling old right i was, I was showing my son oh my goodness we we're talking man. about unreal tournament 2004 and i'm like dude i was great game i was a master at this game i would i would turn down the music and in, in the game I have Winamp playing, uh, uh, <laughs> Beethoven, right. I have, I have, I have Winamp playing Moonlight Sonata because it just, it got me Ooh. in the right, it got me in the right mood. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. picture this, I'm, I'm, I'm in, and I can't remember the name of the map, but it was the capture the flag map where you're like on an asteroid. Right. Okay. And I would just be perched up and I would always go to, go to the other side and perch on their tower. Cause they wouldn't, they wouldn't okay. expect me up there. And I was doing so many headshots. Just I was just sniping them from up there, and uh, apparently, so like it'll be like uh, you know headshot, um, yeah, yeah, double yeah. kill and stuff like that. But apparently, if you do enough enough kills in succession within a short enough uh, period. Uh, the, the m- last
1: m- m- monster kiss.
0: yeah but there's there's more after that <laughs> there's
1: a no there's more
0: the last one is holy shit <laughs> oh <laughs> and i would i would just that was my goal is to get it to just keep repeating holy sh- holy <laughs> <laughs> like that was all i i i lived for and apparently I, I went to their website apparently they were trying to make a new one again they were coming back out i don't know
1: i i saw this recently and then it, it was i wouldn't say recently but um, the story I actually heard it last night. They were talking. Um, Epic had basically two teams. One was working on an Unreal, a new Unreal, and the other was working on Fortnite. And Fortnite just started printing money, and so they said, "All right, yeah. all you Unreal guys, you're making Fortnite content. <laughs> that, Maybe they'll come back around because I would love to see a UT, yeah, twenty twenty, whatever. But yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be uh, a twenty twenty four would be good. It'd be a nice twenty year anniversary."
1: Since, since we're talking UT, I have to share a, a fun UT story. Um, so I went to school at the Rochester Institute of Technology. This is nerd haven, <laughs> if there ever was one. And even back 20 years ago, it was still very much that way. So, um, and we were on the quarter system at the time. I think they're on semesters now. But once a quarter, for 24 hours straight, they would set up... They called it rit fest but it was a big land party oh, nice. from from noon on saturday to noon on sunday <laughs> and um all sorts of tournaments but one tournament i remember was um where you had you had to be in a team and one person with their hands on the keyboard or mouse had to wear a box on their head so they couldn't see the screen and the other person is behind you almost like a shoulder massage and they're trying to guide you to play oh, wow. um so this was this was a team-based unreal tournament and and I did not do well, but my <laughs> my buddies next to me, one was just using the impact hammer, and he went around and made it to the finals with the impact hammer. Wow. <laughs> it was like free for all and, and <laughs> box on his head, impact hammer, did a great job, you know. <laughs> it reminds me
0: of those of that video where you have like the three people standing, you know, all facing the same direction and you have the first person that like draws on a piece of paper on the on the person's back a circle. And then the next yeah, yeah, day, yeah, I've yeah. Got a, yeah. Okay, I'm going to draw it, and then you get the final one. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It, remind, it reminds me of that. Oh man. Well, when we're when we're not when we're not playing Unreal Tournament, and I'm sure when you were at when you were at RIT, you had to you had to go to class every once in a while. Once in a while. Once yeah. in a while. Um, I kind of want to touch on what Fortinet is doing in the the training and certification space because absolutely as as we were talking about this i'm like is this is this a good you know subtopic to bring up and and you kind of made a revelation to me that i was like wow okay that's that's another game changer um tell us a little bit more about the uh the nse program
2: sure
1: and it it actually recently i think october 1st the the names of the certifications have changed and sort of the path to the top has has sort of changed but um in the early days of the pandemic, Fortinet made all their training free. So you can go to training.fortinet.com, sign up and the lowest level, like my dog is certified NSE one cybersecurity. All the like I've never seen email before all the way up to here is, um, you know, there's, there's a OT. It used to be an NSE seven. Now it's called something different, but that was like our CCIE equivalent. Um, focused on using Fortinet products in an OT environment. So we have a couple different specializations around that. But but because it was all made free, you had to pay if, if you wanted to take the exam and try and get an actual certification or if you wanted lab time. Those were the only things that um, we made paid. But you can watch the videos and read all the content from the lowest level up to, all right, we're unboxing your first FortiGate. Here's how you configure management. Here's how you set up... BGP. Here's a vanilla SD-WAN rules. Let's do some firewall policies between them. Uh, turn on the IPS engine, SSL inspection. And... What, whatever you want to do, um, and it's not just for Fortigates. If you wanted to learn about 40 switches or APs or 40 NAC, you know there's training all the way across our product portfolio. So it's really cool.
0: Nice. And and as you said, that the all the training, with the exception of the 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 lab time all the all the training yeah. is is provided for free.
1: Not a lot of stuff is free these days, no. but today you can go out um and learn whatever you want about Fortigates or Fortinet products for free from training.fortinet.com. It's a great resource. Nice.
0: Yeah, I actually uh I was proud of myself. I went I got through uh, NSE 1. <laughs> 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 but, but I will say this, right? I've obviously gone through lots of <clears throat> training. Various, mm-hmm. in various forms and fashion, right? Whether it's, you know, uh, um, <clears throat> CBT Nugget or, um, you know, uh, Cisco Learning Center or whatever. I forget what it's, called. I think it's Cisco mm-hmm. Learning Center. Um, so I've, I've gone through lots and lots of various trainings. And I have to say, what you guys have put out there is probably some of the most polished stuff I've seen. Like, again, well, even, even at the entry levels, <laughs> like... Definitely, a lot of time and care, and it's a very high quality production. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you mentioned that not a lot of things are free, and you know, the old, the other adage goes, uh, "You get what you pay for." You get what you pay for. No, this yeah. is this, this is, is worth this is this is worth something, and uh, I have to say, very very impressed with the production quality. Um, again, I haven't really touched any other stuff, so. I will. I will eventually get there. I think now that I realized where the NSC one falls, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna skip over to NSC four. Then, <laughs> especially now that yeah, I, know I don't have and, to like go in I, order.
1: <laughs> and and I'm you know being a little tongue in cheek here. My dog can't read, reach the keyboard, but um, you know I do. I do think the first couple of NSCs are geared at your more non technical users. Right. We want to create a level set of what is cybersecurity really mean because there's you know, users out there that are very non-technical, and security at the end of the day is really everybody's yeah. job. That that was something we used to say. Um, the person who's going to get fished is not going to be. I mean, it might be the network admin. We've seen a lot of ransomwares lately where it is somebody higher up the food chain. Yep. But um, a lot of times they're going after someone who's very non-technical. Uh, so security. Having having that baseline of cybersecurity knowledge uh, is very helpful.
0: Yeah, again, not not for nothing. I as much as that NSC one was probably like, really, what what? You? I know. Right. right at right, the right. same time, it was it was. <laughs> I will say it was a great review because there are a lot of terms that you know, in, especially in this industry, terms oh my God. terms matter. soup. Yeah, <laughs> and it was funny. So. <laughs> So my son went to the orthodontist a couple months ago, and it turns out that the orthodontist is actually related to my primary care physician. They're siblings, so oh, you know cool. we. Were, I'm like I'm like the only person that knows how to pronounce her last name because I know her brother, and we're talking about stuff, and she's kind of explaining like, um, you know here's here's the concern we have with uh, with Ben's mouth and we want to go with an expander and here's why we want to do it now. We don't want to wait, et cetera, et cetera. So we're talking back and forth and I'm throwing some terms at her and she actually stopped and she goes, are you in the medical industry? I said, <laughs> I said no, why? She goes, like, you're using the correct terms. I said, no, I'm in IT. Terms matter there too. So I like to use the right <laughs> ones. You know, because I, I hate when it's like, oh, well, I downloaded my computer the other day and it said I had an update. Yes. <laughs> Like, wait, what? <laughs> Run that by me one more time, and th- this time use non-technical words, because you don't know how you're doing it wrong.
1: <laughs> I was proud. My son used download. He's He has a little laptop we let him use, and he used it correctly, downloaded something, and he used it. Cr- but I've definitely heard oh. <laughs> your scenario. <laughs> I was like, wow, Logan, you did that. Yeah. Okay. I'll help you. Let's 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 get it going. <laughs>
0: that's that's awesome. Yeah. The first computer I got for my son was a Chromebook because I'm just like my wife had the MacBook Air. I had my work laptop, and I'm like, if my mm. son is gonna break something, I'd rather it be a $250 Chromebook. That right. You know, whether it's ma- malicious or not, if it's accidental, okay. If it's malicious, then we have to have a, a bigger, a deeper conversation. But you know, <laughs> if it's if it's a thousand dollar MacBook Air, then that's kind of a problem. But if it's a $250 Chromebook, I really care right
1: and those chromebooks you can factory reset them so fast these days dude i was <laughs> so i was something one happen. of
0: the people that actually got an original cr48 from google i remember when i got that Ooh. in the mail and uh <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i still have it somewhere because i just i won't get rid of it it's it's it hasn't got yeah. any updates in a long time it'll it's still semi usable um the problem was as time went on and they started adding more features to chrome os the uh the, the the processor and, and hardware they put in there. Yeah, like can't now. keep up. But I mean.
1: Give me your best Indiana Jones. It belongs in a museum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cool. I I remember I got, I'm like, where yeah. the heck is this box? And I, I open it and I see these patterns and I'm like, oh, my God, I know I recognize these patterns. I've seen this because, of course, I was on Engadget at the time. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, Chromebooks were delivered. And, uh, you know, this is what they look like. And I'm like, I remember seeing that box. I'm like, oh, my God, I got a free laptop from Google. I'm so cool. <laughs> I'm so important. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, de- and, of course, you know, I play with it for a couple of weeks. I'm like, all right, how do I hack this thing? You know, so yeah, like, you're, yeah. they show you where the where – the, the uh, some type of developer switch is located underneath the right. batteries and you can load your own co- I'm, I'm loading Ubuntu on there like I know what that is yeah let I'm
1: me doing. get some some shell you yeah know? exactly I'm like okay I
0: gotta write this down S-U-D-O space I have no idea what the hell I'm doing I'm just you know copying and pasting in my head because you know you can't really copy and paste from one Linux machine to the other don't know how to do that oh man I tell you this. This has been this has been more about you know nostalgia for me than anything else. I mean, it, it's
1: sometimes you need to walk down memory yeah, lane to uh, to appreciate so. how you got here. Yeah. I know it was supposed to be a half Fordnet commercial, half uh, <laughs> walk down memory lane. Now we're all gonna
0: fire up our our UT
1: servers and yes, have a death yes. match, land,
0: <laughs> land party at twelve, my house. Let's go. Okay, uh, too funny, too funny. But no, I think I think that's awesome. And again, I think. You know, for anyone that's even just starting in IT, um, or even even if you've been in there for a little while, right? Getting that refresher, understanding those terms, um, those those terms matter. The words matter, especially when you're when you're working with other people. Especially when it comes to security, you absolutely need to know what you're dealing with, right? Because there is a difference between like a vulnerability and an exploit. There's there is a meaning behind the, the term zero day attack right and if they're just thrown around uh willy-nilly and and with without the proper, you know, context, it can slow things down. And especially when you're dealing with this threat landscape that we're seeing every single day, um you know, it's 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 important that the uh you're 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 not wasting time trying to decipher someone else's terms yeah
1: there's no there's no i.t rosetta stone unfortunately (laughs) Uh, but you, you make a great point i think that you know if you take the time to learn the terms whether it's you know like you did for your orthodontist um here's a guy who comes in wants to talk to the security team a lot of times um networking professionals and security professionals can kind of be gatekeepers and if you come to them on their own terms i think you'll probably be a lot more you know have a lot more pleasant experience i know ot is another one where i am you know boning up on the electrical power and the the water uh, terms they're just things that i've never had to deal with rtus and plcs and mm-hmm. ICs, all, all those and if i come to a customer and don't know what i'm here start rattling them off and use them incorrectly don't know what i'm talking about i'm gonna get laughed out of the room so i you make a great point about you know let's learn the terminology it's it's very accessible it's free and could help move your career in the right direction so yeah and i think
0: i think i was going through the uh a cissp training course uh a while back and it's funny so i have a my i went to high school at a, a vocational technical high school um okay so and my shop was electrical. And of course I, you know, I did all that and I went to 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 college for for network computer network engineering. But at the same time that electrical background has been Oh my huge god, it's
1: got to be so beneficial.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm having conversations with a customer right now about what size UPS to get for his um for his switch. He's got an old uh, 4500 that's okay. running on 240 volts right now, and you know we're taking the measurements, we're looking at stuff, and I'm like, well, you've got you're running at 240 volts so that those power supplies can put out like 4200 watts for PoE, but you're literally using 700 watts. We can replace that we and you don't have a UPS on them now, so we can actually plug them into the 120 volt behind you, get you a 120 volt uh, UPS. You're only going to be able to run those power supplies at you know 2000 watts each, but you're that's still more than double what you got. 20, and just 20. yesterday <laughs> I'm at my my parents' house installing um installing thermostats for their electric heaters. And it's it's that background and understanding of the of electrical and how it works and, and you know the, the various terms and, and stuff like that that I think helps make you well rounded, whether that's mm-hmm. in you know in our in our line of work where we're working with customers and trying to support the entire solution and ecosystem or you know, you're the network admin yourself. Like that was a big thing when I was, when I was in my K through 12 school district, we were doing, they were in the, they were just starting a huge building renovation and that included Mm -hmm. building a new MDF, a new, a new data center closet. And originally everything was wired 120 volts. Everything had, every rack had like two or three giant UPSs. And I'm like, wait a minute, why don't we put a single three phase, you know, Unit in the corner that can power the entire room, and call it but a someone
1: with no electrical background is probably not gonna. That's probably not gonna be the first thing out of their mouth. No, you know? no. And, <laughs> and and why would I
0: want to run you know two hundred and forty volts versus one twenty? Well, it's it's a high, you get higher efficiency. You're able yeah. to to run more over the same cables because when you double the voltage, you you cut the amount of current in half, and the wire thickness is everything is, you know. Regular outlet can only handle 15 amps. It's less than that, but that's it, right? Yeah, <laughs> 14 amps down, down a thing. At 120 volts, that's roughly 1,800 watts. When you are bumping that up to 240 volts, that's 3,600 watts. That's twice as much without having to change out the wire, uh, just because I bumped up the voltage. And you know, it just it makes everything more efficient. It makes everything easier to manage. And you put a bunch of PDUs in there. You got a couple things that can only run 120. You work through that. Um, but I know we're just going off on tangents here and I, that's, I I think I just call this the the tangent show. Oh my goodness. But I think, you know, learning these terms, understanding whatever you can do, um, you know, within your own learning capabilities to be able to make yourself more more well-rounded it's, it's all, it's all.
1: It, it definitely, it definitely helps. I T is, I mean, I, I started And I thought being a Java programmer was going to be the only job in IT. And so I have like a programming background that I almost never, you know, occasionally I write some Python code or fix somebody's code, but I definitely don't do it as much as I did in the first 10 years of my career. But that's a good, kind of like your electrical background is a good skill to have. I can say, oh, your code is probably doing this. Mm -hmm. Or when I get to, we didn't even touch on like SOAR or like security automation type things, those those finally programming is pushing itself into the networking space. And I thought, I thought REST APIs were going to be the bee's knees, but it's still, we're still doing, we've, we've gone from CLI to GUIs. The APIs are there, but it's not, I I don't see the uptick or uptake, I guess, on the customer side. Um, Some customers are doing a ton with it. Some people are like, they can't spell api so
0: (laughs) i think i I might fall into the ladder on that one
1: it's funny because i i actually
0: got into networking to avoid programming so when when like uh you know cisco devnet came around i was like no it found me (laughs) and
1: see i was i was the opposite nobody on my team had there was like one other guy who who was a whiz he wrote he grew up in the Pearl era, and he was a Pearl wizard. And so, when Cisco DevNet came out, him and I were the first ones like, "Oh, what do you got going on over there? Let's <laughs> let's start let's start coding our firewalls and our routers." And people and stuff. like me were like, "Here, if you wanna here,
0: just just, just take the keyboard, <laughs> <laughs> go go right ahead." Although I I will say I was very proud of myself. I had a, I had a customer who gave me access to their to their dashboard, and uh, I was able to use Postman. Uh, I had to redownload it. I was able to use Postman, figure out, you know, how to, where and how to put in my, my key and what to actually request. <laughs> and I was able to download a JSON file. And then from there, parse it with Excel to actually get the spreadsheet that I wanted. And it only took nice. me like 45 minutes, about 14, you know, tabs open with <laughs> with write-ups <laughs> on how to do this. I'm not sure if Chat GPT helped me out or not. Uh, I I don't I don't recall on that particular instance, but in most circumstances, especially when it comes to programming, I am I'm very highly recommending or, or relying on on that one. I think I might have to uh, I think I may have to make a shirt that says uh, ChatGPT. I made this shirt.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd probably I'd wear that. You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Speaking, you know, I, this is horrible self promotion, and I'm I'm sorry, Steve, but I, I have to do it because I said shirt. So, you haven't seen this yet, but... Uh, oh, look at that. Yeah. It's kind of outside the camera, but these are... Uh,
1: comp T with your SE. T with your SE <laughs>
0: shirts. These are coming soon. I'm super, super stoked um, because it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And uh, actually... If you made it to 60 episodes. You might as well have episodes. some 60 I think this is the best the best time to be able. You know, and and 55 minutes into the episode too. We'll we'll bring this up for anyone that <laughs> made it Anybody's, this far.
1: That's made it this far. There'll be, there'll be a special coupon just for you.
0: But uh, yeah, we've also got the uh, Ooh. Yeah, look, look at that. It's a nice uh, nice can shaped beer glass or you know whatever. Very cool. insert favorite beverage here. Um, so yeah, just a couple couple items that we're we're toying around with and and looking at. Uh, I'd show you the sticker on my laptop, but that would disconnect us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to do that. But cool stuff. So training and certification. Great. Um, make sure that you take a look at that. I think that's awesome. They said it was training.fortinet.com.
1: Yes. Awesome. That's
0: correct. Definitely check that out and become more well-rounded. Uh, and I think, I think that's a win-win for everyone. Um. So, I, and one thing I don't think we even mentioned when we were talking about—we um, talked, we touched, only touched briefly on the on the the Forta uh, Ford And I want to make sure we, we spend a little bit of time on that because I think sure sure we, uh, I definitely pulled you off on various tangents and uh, <laughs> away from the topic at hand. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit more, kind of on on the secret sauce that really makes the the Forta Gates um such a you know hot commodity and i think i think a lot mm-hmm. of that boils down to the asics but i also believe that there's some cloud management pieces that we can uh, t- touch on a little bit too right sure
1: um we'll start with the asics i think on our on our lower end models we have the system on a chip we call it sock and we've i think we're up to sock four or sock four um this allows us to not have you know one of the bigger name chip manufacturers in our devices. You still get the performance uh, that you that you would expect out of a enterprise network device, but you're also not having a power uh, penalty. These smaller end devices can still do 10 gigabits of firewalling, but they're not going to use uh they have very low power requirements. So. I think it's great that we talked about uh, talked a ton about <laughs> electricity and
0: and all that. Yeah, I mean, with with any type of electricity usage, also comes cooling, right? And I, right. I think um, we touched on it with uh, the last episode with uh, Chandler from Pure. They, you know, he was talking about, you know, re- wherever we can find ways, and especially in the data center, to reduce our energy usage, uh, mm-hmm. and that along with the direct energy usage of the devices that we're powering. Also comes into play cooling. How much are we cooling? How many how many BTUs do we have to now offset because mm-hmm. we're you know generating six seven thousand BTUs of of, uh, of heat per each device. We have to offset that now with you know that much or more in cooling and the inefficiencies that arise from air cooling and everything else. So and of course the environmental uh, uh, impacts as well. So that's, that's cool. So being able to use custom ASICs, your own custom socks, you're able to,
1: that's the small models. Okay. So as we get, as we get bigger, we'll start having more discrete ASICs that are function based. So we have a content processor, network processor, and security processors. So okay. various functions like application identification and inspection, sending traffic to an IPS engine or a DNS filter or a web filter. These uh, and, and for network processing, it's uh, mostly around IPSec performance offloading and SSL inspection. So to try and get speed gains in, in these various network activities versus trying to do that all in x86 with software you know we get a lot of performance improvement by using our asic chips yeah i mean there's gonna be that's definitely the fortinet secret sauce (laughs) yeah
0: i mean there's got there's got to be a huge performance hit when you're when you're having to rely on kind of the software as the intermediary uh to be able Mm -hmm. to to use just kind of off-the-shelf x86 cpus um and i i don't know if we I don't know if I cleared this question with you, so I'm, I'm, I might be throwing you a little bit under the bus, but now with, you know, manufacturing your own ASICs that of course comes with its own plethora of issues with supply chain and everything else, how, mm-hmm. how has that, you know, the, the, the results of the last three years kind of uh, affected that? How have you guys been able to weather that?
1: Well, no, no company was totally insulated right. from its supply chain woes. Um, Agreed. I think during the first half of, so I started Fortinet in 2021, and for the better part of that year, despite being, you know, in the pandemic, we we were doing fine. We had a decent amount of supplies, but um, they were having. They eventually hit the same sort of woes that that other Manufacturers hit because there's only so many places that will produce those sort of chips and those sort of quantities. That you know, you had to you had to get in line with the the big customers too. You know, yeah. the broadcoms of the world that are making everybody's switch uh, chips or everybody's wireless access uh, chips. So
0: yeah, I mean, it's I I coming from manufacturing, I definitely understand the reasoning especially from a financial point of view for Mm -hmm. just-in-time manufacturing but man oh man did it (laughs) show its downfalls with the supply chain issues and i mean i i kind of have to keep reminding myself that 2020 was the year that we couldn't get toilet paper like
1: Oh my God! I I learned about Amazon Subscribe and Save, and we were <laughs> we were hoarding that stuff. <laughs> and it wasn't just toilet paper. We're like, oh, we need paper towels, paper towels, one. Clorox or wipes. They couldn't they Clorox. couldn't make them fast
0: enough because it's the lengthy process. They're, my my kids
1: love these. Uh, they're like a Sesame Street branded Fig Newton. Um, I, I can't remember who actually make. It's like Earth's earth's best or earth's finest something like that but it's like a looks like a little fig newton with strawberry in it but it's got elmo on the box and those things became so difficult to find it was like oh shoprite has got 10 of them i'm just buying all of them you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i remember as recently as as recently as the last couple months trying to get tylenol children's tylenol really yeah i went to four stores you
1: know what i went to walgreens a couple nights ago because we happened to be out of tylenol and there was two on the shelf and i'm like i gotta take them both i'm sorry for the next guy but
0: (laughs) i mean you you, when you don't know when when you're in a situation where you're used to just being like okay you know i'll just go to the store and you can go to any number of stores and there it is and you recognize it because it's in the same packaging and you know, the prices, may, the prices may fluctuate, but, you know, you can you can trust what it is. You can trust it'll be there to then, I have no idea where I'm going to get this. I'm going to pop between store to store. They're talking about the same issues with, um, you know, shortages with the amoxicillin, um, which blows my mind because there was a shortage last year and they didn't fix it. But I'm oh, not boy, going boy. to get into that conversation because this is not the <laughs> podcast for that. I think we'll have to make uh, some secret secret podcast channel where we can, we can complain <laughs> about all that stuff. But, um, you know, the the point of all that being that...
1: Yeah, back to the FortiGate's and their
0: secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need Tylenol if you have a FortiGate, though. So that's... that's if uh- you're
1: sick, you can you can run your queries through the FortiGate. It'll be fast, efficient, and secure, and you can find out where the closest uh, children's Tylenol is in your area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I love I love how you keep me on track there, Steve. I think that's great. Someone has Try to. Me. Someone has to. Tom, Tom used to do it, but he's not. He's, he's he's not with us, so he can't do it anymore. Hi, Tom. I miss you. Um, I'm
1: lucky I remember what 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 the thread was. You know, four or five threads ago. <laughs> it's
0: like, wait, are we still playing on real tournament? Um, yeah, yeah. But I I I think all that to say that the the supply chains I think hit everyone, and I think it's still affecting people. Right. Whereas, you know. Things just just take a long time to move through, and there's so many moving parts. A, a major disruption like what we we've seen over the last three years mm-hmm. really it messes with everything, um, and it it takes a while to to shuffle out of that. But the whole point of my I think my initial question is that you know things are things are looking up, things are are uh, you know working working through those uh working through those those backlogs and yeah. stuff like that.
1: There was a period where, and it hasn't been for a while, but where, I, and and Fortinet wasn't alone. I could not really get a high end access point, yeah. and high end at the time was like a Wi-Fi six, right. um, and nobody could because no. we were getting brought. We were getting calls that we would never have gotten. Hey, so such and such vendor can't get me access points. What can you get me? Yep. And unfortunately, a lot of us were using the same chips under the covers, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really you really you really find out what's going on when when that happens. But no, I, I we, we got the same we get the same stuff. I mean I, I definitely saw it. It was just like, hey, I need this because I'm <laughs> doing something. Like I need this hardware. I need something. You need to get me something. And and they would they would shop around and understandable. Right, I mean, right. that's that's goes back to our Tylenol thing. That's when you start bar, you start looking at the store brand.
1: <laughs> right, I'm gonna okay, acetaminophen. That's yep. that equals equals Tylenol. Yeah, yep. exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> oh man, so about the um cloud management piece because I know that that's something sure. that um I'm not too too familiar with. Haven't haven't really got a chance to to look at the dashboards or play with it. But kind of give me a rundown on on what you guys are doing in, in that space and where the benefits are.
1: In terms of management, we'll call it central management. I, a lot of Gartner things use the single pane of glass, and I, I don't, I don't like that term. But um, central management or central logging, because we have a, a logging product as well, we can run it either discrete hardware, VMs on your network, VMs in a public cloud, or let Fortinet host it as like a SaaS offering, basically. So we, we have options depending on how you want to grow your network. Um what I like about Forty Manager is you can kind of templatize your your devices. So I I mean how many times when we were shelling into a firewall or a router do we have to change the trusted hosts or the host that could SSH in? Now I have hundred firewalls, I wanna change it all, I can change it change that from a single point. Or I can add S N M P V three from a single point where that was a, a nice Simple things like make sure they all have the same DNS servers, make sure they all have the same time servers. This is blocking and tackling, but it's stuff that, you know, when it goes out of sync is a is a big problem and a lot of times it's a you know, goes undiagnosed for a little while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I I think that piece to templatize your network and, and that's you know the the foundation the system level things, if you want to templatize everything up to your SD WAN BGP settings and IPsec settings, you can say, all right, my data center hubs, this is how they're configured, and all of my branches, we can say, all right, branch number one, your third octet is one, and make it kind of like a variable there. And as you start adding branches, they just pick up the next octet, the the Ike and IPsec settings all come from 40 manager templates, the BGP settings, what networks we're going to advertise, who we can communicate with, basic level policies. Um, so for, for me, having worked in a, a time when you had to shell into a whole bunch of different firewalls to make changes, that's that's you could still do it if you want to, but you don't
0: have to anymore. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd remember, you know, the whole, copy paste copy paste copy paste you know yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, there was some there was some great what is it right Roy, was royal ts a, a tool i think a tool i used where you'd have you'd have multiple i think no royal ts was for like remote desktop but you could do like multi-tab putty right um yeah yeah right? um secure crt was yeah, one on that one. i used a lot <laughs> yep yep where you just you just have all the tabs open you just be hopping between mm-hmm. device to the other and oh this one timed out let me hit enter and put in my password again <laughs>
1: So. And so you could use FortiManager, but if you're a shop that's heavily invested in Ansible, then we have a Ansible uh, playbook that you can grab and, and tweak to your settings to, you know, spin up a Fortigate with, and it's the same; it's going to come out the same every time because you're using an Ansible playbook. Um, there's a lot of different automation scenarios depending on where you are in your your automation lifecycle. Some people it's a dirty word. And some people are like, Oh, that that's the first thing out of their mouth is do you support Ansible? So,
0: (laughs) no, that's, that's, that's awesome. I think I I have to say, I think I'm, I'm very impressed again. I think when we initially talked and we're kind of planning this episode, I did not realize, you know, just how many products and, and, and areas Fortinet was in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, having of course heard about the firewalls and you know the custom basics and kind of being like that's the thing you're known for. At the end of the day, you guys are doing quite a lot of things, and uh, you know maybe maybe one of the best kept secrets in in IT in terms of uh, <laughs> you know what you guys can do. Um, so definitely worth a look and uh, you know more research in it. Again, absolutely training, training, training. Um, I think I think that's so cool because again that that whole NSC one. I don't even think it was about the Fortinet products at all. It was just about,
1: no, no, it's really just about the cybersecurity
0: landscape. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just about the landscape itself. And I think, you know, having that foundational support, whether you're going to start there and go through and, and go down the, uh, NSE four five, six and seven, um, you know, great. It's, but if you just don't know where to start at all, it's, it's, it's a great place to start or a great place just for, for review. Um, Again, high quality production. It makes my podcast uh, look very shameful. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> my background is just too busy. That's the problem. But um, no, this is this has been a lot of fun. And uh, Steve, I appreciate you uh, going down uh, memory lane with me and and roads of nostalgia. I, I, my pleasure.
1: <laughs> my, my my definitely my pleasure. I, Thank I you hope we gave, gave you enough time <laughs> to
0: talk about Fortinet. Uh, as, you know, between our our various uh, uh, trail offs here. But uh, no, really appreciate your time, and I'll just. Offer the option, the opportunity for you. If there's any any last minute uh, you know, thoughts that you'd like to share before we wrap things up here,
1: um, I think one last time, training. Com. If you want to learn more about Fortinet and its offerings, um, if you're in the New England area, the CT Network Users Group. I don't know when the next one's going to be. It's probably not going to be till 2024 at this point. But they do that, this that quarterly. Was a fun time. I think it's quarterly. I thought it was. Yeah. Okay. Let the ask eagle. But, um, CT network users group, come to the next one and, uh, have a, have a beer with uh, Brian and I. Yeah, no, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. I mean,
0: it's, it's very, it's, it's, we, we said it before when we kind of got together. It's, it's, we feel it's pretty rare to run into someone, especially in Connecticut, um, yeah and it's funny because
1: caught, caught between you know the gravity of boston and new york yeah there's,
0: yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on in connecticut there is there is there's there's always something going on uh in connecticut so uh yeah if you're if you're in the area want to join the next uh, ct nog i'm sure we'll um when we know the date i'm, I'm sure i'll put it up here um Steve, i'm throwing you on the spot here uh you would you will you join the discord channel to be uh to interact with our, with our with our listeners, awesome.
1: <laughs> so, as a pro gamer, of course, I have have Discord. You know? <laughs> of course, you're on Discord.
0: <laughs> so yeah, we are we are getting the Discord channel up and running. Uh, first of all, thank you to the listeners that have joined recently. I noticed right after we announced it, uh, started seeing some people kind of come in there. Still a little quiet. Some crickets going on, but that's all right. You know, we gotta we gotta find something to talk about. But Steve's gonna join. We've got. Um, our other previous guests on there to talk about um, any of those topics as well. Uh, give my, my, my takeaway here is give Fortinet a, a shot here. Let's, let's take a look at their portfolio and see if there's something that that's of interest there. Obviously their FortiGate product um, definitely, definitely well known for its uh, throughput in terms of, you know, dollars per gig or whatever, whatever you want to call it, right? It, yeah.
1: <laughs> or Watts per uh- the price performance ratio is There you go. you're not you're not going to beat that yeah um, come for the the forti gates stay for all the other things that Fortinet has to offer this point i like i
0: like that i like that i think i think it's the perfect line to wrap it up with so on that note remember join the discord discord.conft.show. and uh thanks for listening and until next time stay safe out there don't forget to save that config thank you for tuning in to another episode of ConfT with your se For more information and resources on today's topic and others, check out the show notes on our website at conft.show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics, drop us a line at hello at conft.show. And remember, if you found this episode informative and entertaining, please help us spread the word by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform and sharing it with your colleagues and friends. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, this has been Conf T with your SE.